It's amazing when you like uh, when you watch certain old shows and you see celebrities, you had no clue they were even on it. Uh, you know, I told you I've been getting into Seinfeld. Like that's my nightly routine. Just something dumb I don't have to think about before I go to sleep. And I was watching like an episode from season four and it had uh, Jeremy Piven from Entourage and Mariska Hargitay from uh, Law and Order. Like, and then I didn't know they would be who they were eventually later in their careers. But to see that walk on row was pretty damn fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that Seinfeld was known for. Like, if I'm not mistaken, there's like long running lists of, you know, his uh, one episode girlfriends that made features on the show who ended up becoming huge celebrities later. I mean, there's literally dozens and dozens of them. Man, Jerry was a little bit of a man whore. I don't think uh, we talk about that enough. And shockingly, since I've gotten into it, apparently he literally flirted with like illegal activity. We'll get into that. Let's start the day show. Let's go. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spells in New York City, Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. I had no clue because once again, I didn't watch Seinfeld when it was on TV and I was a kid. So apparently he was like 38 dating like a 17 or 18 year old. Yeah, he uh, met her walking through, I think, Central, Central Park. Park or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, met her. Um, yeah, not talked about enough. I mean, that's uh, it's a little bit creepy, but, um, you know, it's different times. We didn't have social media. Everybody wasn't in the know of what everybody had going on. And uh, Jerry kind of got away with one. Yeah, I uh, history is always weird like that, right? Like you'll sit there and watch certain things and you'll see something and be like, oh, whoa, whoa. Well, how did y'all not say anything? How how am I just not finding this out? But yeah. yeah, I mean, that was like life then, you know? Right. And I mean, that's his now wife, right? Is that no, 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 no. They broke oh. up. Like she went okay. to USC or UCLA. Um, because he was taping Seinfeld. Like most of the Seinfeld like scenes that like that are iconic, like his apartment, isn't even in New York, it's actually in LA. And so mm-hmm. like they were shooting it out there, and she went to school out there to be closer to him. And then they broke up, and she had, like, a family, of course, but, yeah. Oof. Oh, by the way, do you even know who Mariska Hargitay is? No. As you know, through text message, I've never seen an episode of Law & Order Are in you my life. It's always Dude. on. Law & Order, Martin, Friends, Living Single are always on somewhere. Oh, I don't think I've watched. The only reason I've ever watched, like, real life programming television is for sports anytime i'm watching any other version of television it's through streaming services so if i'm watching martin streaming service if i'm watching fresh prince streaming service i don't sit there but how it. did you miss law and order it's like one of the longest running shows ever and it's it, uh, dun, right like you you go the premise so boring so boring that's not okay, that's i'm sure line. i'm that's sure a, i've caught like sure i've caught like two or three minutes of it like not having no. changed if the you watch two or three minutes of law and order you're stuck for the next hour no never that's never how it is like the first episode. three minutes it's like dun, dun. okay now i gotta figure out who killed this chick look i'm gonna say this much for as much as you joke about me being the old man because i'm like six months older than you you have Very the old man tendencies dude you're the old man of the group you're much older than me you're like 55 going on 75 i'm surprised you're not eating cantaloupe and cottage cheese as we're taping this first off cottage cheese is disgusting i've never eaten cottage <laughs> cheese before in my life don't disrespect cantaloupe and no matter what i'm still like two chains i still do it like i used to don't you ever forget that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we um, we're getting ready. This is our hundredth episode. Can you believe it? We've done this a hundred times. One hundred yeah. times we've done this. Did you think we'd actually get along this long, and be able to make it through a hundred shows? Absolutely. I did. I'll be honest. Never a concern. Never a concern. 
I thought where, eventually uh, it, would, it would have fizzled out. I thought like life would have taken over and boom, we just kind of be like, shit, remember we used to do that podcast like a year ago? What happened? We should really get that going again. And then we yep, don't. Speaking of, speaking of 100th episode, today is also Rob Green's birthday. Shout out. Happy birthday to Rob trust Green. Trust Rob Green. Always trust Rob Green. Shout out, Rob. We know you're listening. I got to get down to be more and see Rob. That's my boy. He pulled up. I'll tell you about the story when he pulled up to my little brother's rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But yeah, he bro. He, the audience. He, so my little brother got married. lives in Baltimore. And I'm like, yo, I'm in town. We got this little back like we had some little outdoor place on the harbor and i'm like yeah okay we're over here my guy pulled up solo i was i didn't think he was gonna pull up my guy pulled up solo next thing i know he's taking pictures with my mom he hanging out with the family like everybody know rob now dude rob's energy is just one of the most unmatched things in the world so i met rob he lived in the same apartment building when i lived in indianapolis carmel indiana and uh you know he, he ended up joining my flag football team actually i think i joined I, I think our teams kind of merged together. I was For the record, everyone listening, Brandon is obsessed with flag football like he is a fantasy. That's Love flag football. That's okay, we can't Rob. go. We can't. Look, bro, we, we got a time crunch because yeah, we have Rob okay. Storage. We can tell all damn day. Last night, Aaron Judge hit home run 62. I was in the office. I was on Sports New York last night. I happened to do the highlight of him hitting 62, and I did exactly what I told you I was going to do. The minute he hit 62, I took a screenshot of the script and sent it to you. And what did the script say? American League champion. Yankee home run king. It's all facts. You're not wrong. I mean, you, you, you're... you, thought, I, you thought I was going to punk out if I had the opportunity. No, you I did. didn't think. I knew. You, no, I really didn't. I mean, you can <laughs> tell me what you thought I was going to do, but no, I, I knew you were going to do what you're going to do. Your convictions seem very strong, and you know what you said is accurate. It is the AL record. I just, uh, you know, B Walk even loved our argument from last episode on the whole home run thing. I mean, there's so many people out there, you know, just from the sports shows that I've listened to. Very, very divided issue. But look, you know the 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 reality is the reality and he's not the home run champ but we all know he should be you know his 62 is a lot more impressive than what those other guys did based on what they were doing i remember distinctly of people diving into mccovey cove in san francisco chasing after every barry bonds ball that has we saw a guy we saw saw a guy fall off the first row of globe life park for listeners the only reason i'm surprised we got to 100 is because you don't even listen to me i didn't say it was an impressive feat I Never. said it wasn't impressive. What la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Go ahead. Bro. I'm done. This is your show. This is now the Jason Spell show for the rest of episode 100. <laughs> Look, man, it was an impressive feat. 62 home runs. I think that is amazing. Clean, First off, clean 62 home runs. You said it, not me. I am withholding. I'm actually not trying to insinuate anything here. I'm just saying I don't know anything to speak on it. Did you see Roger Maris Jr.'s son tweeted out like we have a clean home run champion? And then someone else responded like, is this you hypocrite? And it was him hugging Mark McGuire when Mark McGuire broke his father's record. But they didn't know that at the time. I mean, people exactly. To a That's what I'm extent. saying. That's so you're what saying, I'm saying you think Aaron Judge is on. No, actually, I don't. I think, I think I, no. I'm not implying not. that. I'm not implying. It, that. It, it, you were, but that's fine. I'm not. I'm you not. get called out. Now you're backpedaling. I'm just saying. What if we find out the balls were juiced? Right. Like, what if we find out? Like, it, 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 that's your whole thing. You love the hype on like balls being juiced. So, like, 
if the balls were super juiced, especially let's say that baseball changed the balls, hypothetical here. Let's say baseball changed the balls because they realize this is important. They want to see him break this record. And they changed the balls for the last month of the season. That comes out 10 years from now. Will you sit there and be it, like, well, uh, uh, baseball? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it – no, what I'd say is I think that definitely cheats Aaron Judge what he did. But my whole thing, if you go back to the last episode, was the balls were juiced. They were significantly juiced, plus these guys were taking steroids. So everybody was in on it. I'm not going to punish Aaron Judge if the balls were juiced by Major League Baseball. But if it was, we need to start looking at Major League Baseball and they need to uh, be held accountable for their conduct. And not the first time that that's been a thought. Major League Baseball is, I mean, it's out of every association, every league in pro sports. They are the one that has lost the most trust with fans. It's the reason that they have a hard time keeping people in the stands. It's why they're having to implement so many new rules because they've lost so much faith and so much of that. America's favorite pastime. I mean, it's just because they didn't overcorrect the biggest issue that they should have. Now they're having to do all these other minor transactions to make it better. And they'll, they'll fail again. No doubt. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if in 10 years we find out they juice the hell out of these balls, but you know, what can Aaron judge do about that? That's uh, my first off the history of baseball is cheating, right? Like you go back and you look at like the black Sox, you look at like fixing of games, you look at so many things. Cheating in baseball is as American as apple pie. So I don't get why baseball purists act like, oh, my God, this game is so special. Like, yeah, but under no, the same – they cheated throughout the, the entire under, game. Under the same the history logic, of you could game. say that about basketball too, though. Basketball no, has the most point-shaving no. instances of any – what do you mean no? I'm not speaking lies. No. These are facts, Jason. <laughs> you're not wrong, actually. Like, that's why it's been proven to have point-shaving. You're starting, you're starting that to act like – level. You're starting to act like Malika Andrews over here, just cutting people off. Cutting Whoa. Off facts you Whoa. are. You now are. Now I'm hurt. You are. Now I'm hurt. I'm disrespectful. I feel disrespectful. Mind right your now. conduct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Malika Andrews situation is crazy, right? Like, I think sometimes journalists can get too, too emotionally attached to a story in which they forget, like, in theory, we're supposed to be objective, right? So it's like when you become emotionally attached to a story, you become emotionally attached to being right. So you want to spend everything to be right. And that's what happened in that situation. You just tell like the tenor in her conversation with Stephen A and Kendrick. It's like, you're getting, you're taking this too personal when you're not the subject of this. And I know this was not on our rundown, but that was something that I took away from that Malika situation. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it should have been. I mean, I think it's hard to ignore, especially with the Rachel Nichols interview with, uh, up, you know, all in smoke. I still got to see Showtime. Yeah. And I mean, it, like, it, there's just you're kind of seeing a pattern of certain things that are coming out of ESPN and some of their talent, specifically Malika being one of them. Like, to your point, they're taking things too personal. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to. Do I agree with how she's handled things? No. Like, I said that in the text messaging, but also I understand, you know, women as well as minorities just being so fed up of so much bullshit in their lives that it's probably very difficult for them to not have the reactions that they have at some times. And that's the thing that I think we need to be a little, a little bit empathetic for. It's not like she's trying to personally stomp on somebody's throat and hold them down. I think it's, you know, because of a larger systemic issue, she's obviously emotionally attached to that. And, you know, again, not agreeing with how she's handled everything, but I understand the psychology behind it. I'm not going to blame her for that part. No. And you notice how quickly everyone at ESPN pivoted away from that, right? Like that really didn't bubble up into a two, three, five day conversation. That was mm -hmm. okay. This happened. All right. We're moving on. Uh, speaking of moving on, did you watch uh, high school basketball last night? No, I didn't. I didn't know there's high school basketball on TV already. 
Yeah, uh, well, basically semi-pro basketball, semi-pro high school. G League Ignite, uh, powered by a young man named Scoot Henderson, projected to be the second overall pick, versus Ooh. a French team, uh, which is led by a seven-foot-three guy called Victor Wimbanyama. Uh, Wimbanyama. Let me say, the man gonna be the number one overall pick. I better get his yeah, name right. Yeah, Victor Wimbanyama. He's like the, the new the new KD. He's like KD and Rudy Gobert in one, right? Like he has Rudy Gobert's size, but KD's ability with Luke's step mm-hmm. back. And mm-hmm. uh, let's not forget the man who really stole the show. One, Steve, what? Hobie and Fat? <laughs> yeah, Steve Hobie and Fat. What a no, name. Excuse me. You, Steve Ho You Fat. Ho You Fat. Ho You Fat. Steve, you would think that was an OG XFL jersey. Um, did you he see the commentator? Me. The commentator, Rod Smart, he hate me, did play for the Panthers for the record, and he returned a touchdown off of a, you want to say a kickoff. You want to say he had nice. a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, but so the commentator was like, Oh, you fat with a three. Don't don't cancel me. That is his name. <laughs> like when the commentator had to say it. And you know he had been waiting all day to say, Oh, you fat. <laughs> oh, you fat. Like he'd been waiting all day to say that. Could you imagine like the 90s, like Stuart Scott, Craig Kilborn, ESPN anchors having a blast with that one? Yeah, that was the 90s. So once again, things you could say and do different in the time. 90s, different 2022. Time. It's time. like, I am not using that. And I'm telling everyone, when you edit this, be careful how you edit the cutaway. So the cutaway, when we do our industry <laughs> term, is like you show a highlight, then you show like a celebration post. Sometimes there are people in the stands. Sometimes there's a mom. Sometimes there's a girlfriend, a kid, a fit, whatever. Nope, I need it. Or cheerleader. Like, cheerleaders are really big for college basketball. For him, his cutaway shot needs to either be him or his coach. Do not show anyone else other than him or his coach because you're not going to have my anchor, me, assed out saying, oh, you fat, and I'm showing the wrong person, and it can be derogatory. We are not going down that line. I'm not getting canceled for a highlight. I refuse to. Um, but I brought that game up because, you know, we're looking at, two of the really young next generation stars in the national basketball association victor Wimbanyama expected to go number one scoot henderson expected to go number two and they showed out last night on espn man i'm sad i missed that i mean you were texting me about the guy's last name whenever i didn't realize that it was an association to a game with the you know the, i can't say his name but the guy that's supposed to be the number one pick i have seen a couple Wimbanyama. of extensive videos um on youtube about his skill set and yeah i mean he's like Kind of like Chet Holgram times 10, it kind of feels like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. big man who can really stretch the floor, you know, pulling up from 30 feet with ease. Like, unbelievable player. Like, out of all pro sports, it just feels like the NBA is in such good hands. Like, the future is moving forward. One thing that I hope they do, I uh, actually had heard this morning that today is the anniversary, I think it's 18 years ago, where they moved the three-point line in from 23-9 to 22. Obviously, a couple of years later, they moved that back. I would love to see because players are getting bigger, longer, faster. I think they're going to have to to change the court a little bit at some point. And I would love to see them move that three-point line to like 25, 26 feet and just have people just pulling up and raining all day long. I mean, That's you take a me. look at what Steph has done with the game, transitioning to Luka, to Trey, to Spider. Um, and one by Yama, once again, he's 7-3. I saw the kid pull it off the glass. And so it's a weird thing, right? Because it wasn't high school. Wimbayama's already pro in France, and they're playing against yeah. the G League Ignite, which is a pro team. Um, but to see Wimbayama, like, 7-3, bring the ball up, cross up, and get to the lane and finish with his left? Like, I think he's a lefty, but still, that skill set at 7-3 is, is unheard of, right? Like, if I would have saw that playing basketball, like, Coach, what am I supposed to do with this shit? I can't, <laughs> I can't do nothing with this. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like to see that now, like the game is just crazy. I won't hold y'all too long because Brandon is important and he has big deals to do. Me, I do my deals at night, so I'm cool until you know, like another ten hours. From now. Um, going to finesse of the week, Brandon. <sighs> finesse of the week this week goes out to the Ivy League and higher education. I came across this article from Axios, an independent media organization. Go to their website, look it out yourself. It says Princeton University is so rich, it has become a perpetual motion machine, an institution that can operate with no outside financial support whatsoever. Princeton's endowment hit $37.7 billion evaluation in 2021, or $4.5 million per student. The school's entire annual operating expense that year was $1.86 billion, which is less than 5% of the value of the endowment. So basically, the kids, if you go to Princeton, your tuition is 48 grand a year. And you're paying to say you go to Princeton, and Princeton is making money left and right over you. You don't even need to pay that much, and Princeton's still going to be all right. And it goes to the greater conversation about the value of higher education. I mean, yeah, I was going to say all higher education is a huge finesse. Like, you know, we're, our generation, especially the generation that's coming up right now, is seeing it the most, like, you're going to go six figures into debt so you can go get a job that pays $40,000 a year. And they tell you you need five years experience even to get that. Like, it's an absolute joke. I'm not going to get all Bernie Sanders over here, but college should be a free option. Not saying every school should be free. Maybe some of the Ivy League st schools still cost money. Certain colleges cost money. But you should be able to get a college education without going into debt the same significance that you would have to to do it right now. It's just absolutely crazy. Like you know, reading articles, you know, even like with the whole Jay-Z situation and, you know, you know, that was like a month ago. And I think we did talk about it a little bit on the show, but like you can't be a billionaire. You can't be a company that is making that much money without being basically evil. <laughs> it's just insane how so many institutions like this are considered prestigious are considered in good standing, considered solid in so many ways. But they're finessing people out of hard-earned money. They're putting people in crazy amounts of debts that's going to take them 5, 10, 15 years to get out of. I mean, I don't know if you have any friends that are doctors or lawyers, but their biggest issue is for the first 5, 10 years of their life after they get a job, they're in so much debt that it's like, why did I even do this? Yes, I'm making a decent salary, but I'm going to be 35, 40 years old before I'm actually paid out of it. It's, you know, I, I went to college. I have a degree. No one has ever asked me for my college degree. I have yet right. to walk into any institution and been like, hey, I want to work here. Hey, where's your degree? Most people don't even know where I go to college, first off. And then second off, you know, my degree is in journalism, but like I learned more. I didn't go to like a Maryland or Northwestern or Syracuse, like the USC, the quote unquote prestigious journalism schools. So like I had to learn my shit on the grind in the actual newsroom. I got to the point of my career because I had to work and do it. I had to learn on the job. It was a prerequisite to get the job that I have a degree that no one asked for. But yeah. these kids are coming out excessive amounts of debt. And we see how the federal government's trying to cancel student loan debt. Some states are suing so that the people in their state can't cancel student loan debt. But it just stood out to me that Princeton, right? Like the bastion of intellectual thought in the United States of America, Princeton, Columbia, Harvard, Brown, Dartmouth, Penn, the, the Ivy Leagues, right? They're prestigious mm -hmm. schools. 
you actually have the ability to make your school more accessible to more people and to make it easier for your graduates to leave here ready to go and attack the world and help it be a better place because of what they learned. And you're more worried about, hey, look, we had 37.7 billion. How do we get it to 50 billion? Absolutely. And just like anything else, because of their greed, it's going to end up being an obsolete business at some point down the road. Like I, I truly believe in 50 years, colleges will be considered almost an evil more than a good for anything. Nah, like, I disagree with that. I mean, I think college will always have its place. I just think you'll see the rise of like online, right? Like people, I, I think colleges will transition the way they do their business, right? Like I go to college, I, I, you have I, to do, go ahead. I was going to say, kind of in the middle, I think we're going to get more specialized. I think you're going to see us do what a lot of other countries do, where instead of going and having to get 120 credits, where mm -hmm, 75, mm -hmm. 80 of those have nothing to do with what your future is going to mm -hmm. be. If you, you know, you being in broadcasting, like you would go to a school, you know, what's the one in Chicago that's really well known broadcasting school? Like, you know, you go to a school. Yeah, you'd go to something like that. It would just be more specialized. And I think the credits are going to go down. I just... I, to your point, yeah, I don't think colleges are going to go away completely, but I think the form of how they operate and how we interact with them as students is going to change significantly in the next few decades. I mean, I think the rise of online education, the ability to study, once again, I, I, look, you don't need to take, you know, sociology 102. You don't. In theory, you want to create a well-rounded person, but universities don't care about that anymore. They care about profits. So they would much rather, hey, look, you come do your 50 credit hours, you take it online, you get a certificate of completion after two years, and then you can take that to your employer and then go for it. So finesse of the week, if you went to Princeton and you if you go to Princeton now, you're paying $48,000 a year to go to school. Just know the current endowment of 2021 was $37.7 Now Princeton will come out and say, well, we lost a couple of billion due to the inflation and the market being down. Don't worry. They still good. You still overpaying for an education. I'll be a good. No one is saying Princeton isn't a good education. We're just saying they could actually reinvest that money instead of hoarding it. They could reinvest it into helping their students, which would help out humanity. As always, I'd like to thank y'all for listening to the podcast. If you like it, give us a like, Brandon, so they don't get finessed out of education. What should they do if they love it? Each one, teach one, and if you can, reach them. Put your people on so they can put their people on. Enjoy your October the 5th, Wednesday. We see you back again later this week. Peace. Peace.